Google Analytics is changing. Universal Analytics, that's UA, is going away and is being replaced by Google Analytics 4 or GA4 from here. Now, GA4 represents a totally new way of thinking about analytics for everyone. It's a scary change for many because from July 2023, their current analytics setup will no longer collect additional data, and there's no easy way to migrate that existing setup to GA4. The bottom line, you won't be able to make year-on-year comparisons if you don't start collecting the data soon, and that's going to drastically impact your ability to make good marketing decisions. Thanks a lot, Google. But for B2B SaaS companies, GA4 is actually a huge opportunity to gain insight into the marketing investment in a way that has, until now, needed specialized and often expensive tools. For example, imagine being able to finally understand which demand gen activities produce high-value customers. Imagine being able to build truly effective remarketing audiences for existing users who are slipping away, effectively cutting your CAC. Imagine being able to get a clear picture of what the customer journey is across your website and app, and also how people browse different devices at the same time. Now, most of that would have been ridiculously complicated with UA. Much of it would have been impossible. So in this episode, we'll look at why Google Analytics 4 is fundamentally different for SaaS businesses, the core differences that will impact you with examples of why each one matters, and our roadmap for making your move to GA4 a strategic advantage for your SaaS company. I'm Mark Thomas. I'm the head of growth at Powered by Search. And today I'm going to talk you through some of the best knowledge that we have on building B2B SaaS businesses. Now, if any of this is interesting to you and you want to read more, you should go to our website. It's poweredbysearch.com and check us out there. What's the problem with the current Google Analytics is the question that many people were left asking. Well, first things first, most people already hate Google Analytics. Now, even after using the current version for years, it still mystifies the majority of people. Given the amount of time that marketers spend trying to use the product, it's actually funny almost how pointless Google Analytics is for communicating marketing impact to your executive team. Because at the end of the day, Google Analytics is about sessions, and that doesn't really mean a single thing to a revenue-focused executive. Now, you want to know how much revenue is attributed to last-click interactions with your Bofu landing page? But you get landing page conversion numbers entirely divorced from free trial upgrades. You want to stop paying users from churning by sending them targeted ads, but you get meaningless audience metrics that tell you what devices people browse on. You probably spent ages building reports in Data Studio only to find that when it comes to the board presentation or talking to your CMO, most of their questions can be summarized as, what is generating revenue for the company? Why? And how can we get more of that revenue? I have rarely seen an analytics report that I can actually give that kind of info. But I expect to be seeing this extremely commonly from now on because GA4 is going to be able to give us the kind of insight that we just talked about with relative ease. Why Google Analytics 4 is fundamentally different for SaaS businesses. Universal Analytics, what you're almost certainly using right now to measure your marketing efforts, was built in a time when people were really just beginning to adopt cross-device browsing. Now, although there was a lot of stuff in UA made to track user activity across devices, 
there was never really any support for the way that people actually browse and buy B2B SaaS products. People read, think, and digest information from your website over many months. They revisit potentially hundreds of times from many devices. Now, the core difference between UA and GA4 is that GA4 is primarily event-based, whereas UA is primarily session-based. Universal Analytics is based on sessions, what a user does when they're on your website. But out of the box, that's really kind of all it does. Google Analytics 4 doesn't treat data in the same way. It treats everything as an event. And an event can have many parameters associated with it, including a user ID. And that's part of the reason that tracking a user throughout their lifecycle is significantly easier with GA4. Google Analytics 4 is very similar in many ways to products like Mixpanel or Amplitude, which will be familiar to many SaaS marketing and growth teams already. So with that fundamental difference established, let's dive into the core differences between GA4 and why they matter for SaaS businesses. We've already mentioned that GA4 is a completely new, different analytics tool to UA. But just like you probably didn't use all the features that came with Universal Analytics, you're unlikely to use all of the features that Google Analytics 4 offers either. The change is causing SaaS marketing teams a lot of stress, and most consultants seem unwilling to accept that this change is actually happening too. But we see this as a great opportunity for SaaS companies to get better insights into what's working in their marketing. That said, there's a lot of features that you won't want to use. And in the accompanying blog post to this episode, we've linked out to a complete list of the differences between the two products that Google prepared. It's unusually helpful for Google to provide such good documentation, but they have. And you can check that out in the article that is linked in the show notes. But if you want to know what matters for SaaS, let's look at some of the core differences. We'll start with data streams, which give you a full picture of user activity from one GA4 property. Now, most SaaS companies have the following setup. They've got their marketing website, so https examplecode.com. And then they've got their web app on a subdomain, which might be app.examplecode.com. And lots of companies will also have a mobile app or maybe even multiple mobile apps on different platforms. With UA, the common setup was to track each of those on different properties. But then you've got multiple different properties to look at the data on, and it's really, really hard to marry up a user's activity across those platforms. GA4 introduces a concept called data streams. Now, data streams allows you to send data from different sources to a single property, meaning that you can track mobile app activity, web app activity, and marketing site activity from the same analytics property. That should be really, really exciting for marketing teams at SaaS companies. Because let's say that your company has a 14-day free trial that any visitor can sign up for on your marketing site. They're encouraged to install and use the mobile app. But when their free trial ends, they choose a paid plan in the web app or the mobile app. Sounds complicated, right? And yeah, it kind of is. And with UA, it's almost impossible to attribute your marketing spend to that user's paid plan upgrade because all of the data is distributed between analytics properties. With GA4, because we can integrate multiple data streams into the same property, that becomes a lot easier to measure the impact. 
This will make budget setting conversations in SaaS companies so much more effective. Many teams will find that for the first time, they're able to attribute revenue to their investment. Let's talk about event data and user data. They can easily accept custom parameters in GA4. For many kinds of businesses, page views and basic event analytics would provide a pretty complete picture. How many form fills did we get on X blog post? 15? Great, job done. But that's not necessarily true for SaaS businesses because users are largely left on their own to use the product. We're not delivering personal service to everyone who uses our products. So when we're trying to make better marketing and product decisions, it's important that we have a much richer set of data than service or e-commerce businesses. GA4 allows SaaS companies to build very rich data sets by sending custom events and event parameters. This is deeply different to the implementation of Google Analytics. For example, let's say that I want to know how many users on the pro plan have viewed the upgrade account view on my web app after seeing a blog post about the benefits of that on the marketing site. With GA4, it's extremely easy. I just add a parameter of plan to an event called upgrade account and then build a report around that specific funnel. I can also store a variable like plan on the user themselves. That's a separate thing in GA4, which means that analytics will associate that user's plan with all subsequent events. And for some teams, that's going to be too much info. And that's okay. But like much of the change in GA4, building out rich user and event level parameters will actually give more power to marketing teams to make data-driven decisions. Audiences are much more useful when running campaigns through Google Ads. Now, if you're running Google Ads campaigns, you should have your analytics account linked to your Google Ads account. One reason for that is that even with universal analytics, you can create remarketing audiences based on both demographics and user behavior on your website. However, with GA4, you get a bunch of ways to improve that. If you're going to be sending event and user data from your website and other SaaS properties, you'll be able to build custom audiences based on that data. For example, you can create a custom audience based on users who haven't logged in for 30 days so that you can run a reactivation campaign to improve retention. Or let's say that you want to convert users who viewed a Bofu article, then looked at a feature page and then a pricing page, but did not view a create account page. You can build a GA4 audience for those users and then have it available in your Google Ads account for remarketing campaigns. But just one thing here before you get so excited and go off and create a bunch of them, there's currently a limit of 100 audiences in GA4. This episode is recorded in April of 2022, and that may change. Although there are some technical limitations to this at the moment, if your setup allows you to use some of the default events that analytics tracks, you can also use audiences like high churn probability or likely to purchase using the predictive metrics and audiences features of GA4, which is pretty wild if you ask me. And then finally, you can use site search functionality to understand what content people are looking for on your site. Now, we've talked a lot about reporting and paid media already, but there's heaps for SaaS companies who aren't running paid media at the moment too. Our SEO playbooks are heavily focused on the concept that you should create content that aligns to the website visitors' awareness and pain points. But 
Short of analyzing Search Console data or asking them directly, it can be challenging to understand where the gaps might be. Both Universal Analytics and GA4 have functionality for identifying queries that a user enters into the search fields on that website. But with GA4, this is much more intuitive and can be used to understand conversion paths too. GA4 has a default event called view search results. That's view underscore search underscore results. Doesn't really matter here, but just for clarity. And that doesn't need to be configured, but it could be if you wanted to in configure it with enhanced measurement. You can use it to build a report showing what people are searching for on your site by default. For example, I see that after a few days of installing GA4, configuring it on our website, somebody started looking for TikTok. And they might want it, but I don't think I'll be making a guide to TikTok anytime soon. Now, you can also use these queries to build more complex reports to understand and optimize the user journey post-search. So let's talk about a migration plan. Here is our roadmap for making your move to GA4 a strategic advantage for your SaaS company. Hopefully by now, you can see that there are a number of strategic opportunities to moving to GA4 as soon as possible. For example, getting a better picture of activity across all of your properties in one place, understanding how event level and user level data can improve your marketing investments, building richer audiences who are more likely to convert when using campaigns, and discovering strategic content gaps using site search features. But while it will have mid and long-term benefits for you, GA4 is incredibly complex to set up. So how should you deal with a move to GA4? Well, first let's say every account is gonna be massively different in GA4. And for that reason, I won't go into technical implementation of GA4 in this episode. But there are strategic steps that everyone should take to ensure that they have the right data at the right time. And we think that there are three distinct phases with different kinds of activity and timelines for doing that. So let's look at how to address the migration gracefully. The first step is things that you need to do now. And really, that can be summarized as get all of your data into the project ASAP, given the tight timeline. When Google turns off Universal Analytics data collection on July 1st, 2023, you will no longer be able to use it effectively. And if you want to be able to make year-on-year -year comparisons to understand marketing performance when that happens, it's important that you start collecting data in GA4 right away. The first and immediate step that every SaaS company that uses or wants to use Google Analytics should take is to set up a GA4 property. That is actually relatively an easy step to take. Google will even offer it to you in your current analytics dashboard via a banner that just says, let's go. GA4 has a data retention window of 14 months. Now, if you want to analyze year-on-year -year performance from July 2nd, 2023, you must set up your GA4 property before July 2nd, 2022. So very soon. However, because data will only be collected from the moment that you set up the tracking code for GA4, or you can use dual tagging to collect data in parallel with UA, you should do this as soon as possible. Acting early will also make it significantly easier to actually do the rest of the migration. For the rest of this process, by the way, you need to have edit privileges in your analytics account because many of the features of GA4 actually can't be set up without them. It's kind of annoying. From there, you should begin to integrate all the data sources that you're going to need. 
The first set of data that you're going to want to integrate is your marketing website. So exampleco.com, your web app on a subdomain, for example, at app.example.co.com, and then mobile apps if you have them. You should do that by creating data streams for each of the sources you want to track data on. The other part of integration setup is linking your Google Search Console and Google Ads accounts to GA4. You will also need to have edit privileges in any GSC or G Google Ads account that you want to integrate. Integrate this data as early as possible, even if you don't know what else you're doing. Because if you don't, you'll find that analytics will not have a complete data set, which is incredibly annoying if you want to make any kind of meaningful analysis of your marketing. The next step is to set up BigQuery. This is entirely optional, but recommend it if you want to store analytics data for more than 14 months. Now BigQuery can sync and store analytics data so that you can query it past analytics retention window. Admittedly, BigQuery is confusing and very data-heavy part of this process, and it really might be overkill for lots of SaaS teams. But if long-term data integrity is something that matters to you, or you have a sales cycle that is longer than 14 months, it may well be a meaningful thing for you to spend time learning too. Finally, think about what attribution settings are best for you by default. GA4 allows you to choose from a number of different ways to attribute events although the standard data-driven will be sufficient for most people. In UA, the look-back window is six months. In GA, it's only 90 days. That means that if a visitor clicks a search result and lands on your site today, then they come back in 100 days and signs up for your project, GA4 will attribute that to the direct traffic source, whereas if they had come back 11 days earlier, at 89 days, it would have assigned them as an organic search-generated lead. Do next, set up the correct events for your SaaS. After you've gone through the initial setup of your GA4 property, you can take a step back and ask, what questions do we want to answer about our marketing investments? Now asking a question like this is really important because GA4 is so highly configurable and flexible. Understanding where you want to get to is vital if you're going to avoid analysis paralysis. Start by making a list of channels that are particularly important to you. Now, what you need to do now will depend on which channels you really want to measure and track. Write down a list of things that you want to know on a regular basis, on an ad hoc basis, things that might help your team, and things that might help other stakeholders. This list will form the basis for the reports that you create in GA4 at a later stage, but more importantly, They'll help you to work out whether you're tracking the right events and sending all of the correct information to Google Analytics today. From there, plot out your ideal funnel, making a list of the key events that happen at each stage. SaaS businesses are relatively straightforward to analyze in this sense because the actions that users take tend to fit quite neatly into the following categories. Acquisition, activation, revenue, retention, and referral. Make a list where each of those stages of the funnel is a heading and walk through your customer journey to work out what events people take. If you have a screen recording tool like Hotjar or Full Story integrated on your website and product, review a selection of session recordings to make sure that your users are actually doing the things that you think that they are. Once you have a list of events that typically happen at each stage of the lifecycle, it's worth fleshing out 
that list with the parameters that you think that you might want to include. For example, at the revenue stage, a user needs to choose a paid plan. The parameters that matter to me in that event could include value, currency, plan name, plan duration, and a previous plan potentially to measure whether this is expansion, contraction, or acquisition revenue. And once you're happy that you have an ideal wish list of events that you would want to track, you'll need to prioritize a list of implementation tasks. Most of this revolves around using Google Tag Manager or Segment, or actually both, to set up the event mappings from your web properties. However, you might need to engage the marketing ops, product, or even engineering teams to actually get the technical implementation of this done. And that will largely depend on what infrastructure you already have and how autonomous you are within your marketing organization as well as the wider organization. Every company is different. A bit of info here is that even when correctly configured, it can take up to 24 hours for GA4 to make event and conversion data available in reporting views. This is incredibly frustrating, but knowing about it will help. Be patient. As mentioned earlier in this episode, a key feature of GA4 is the incredibly flexible audience functionality. You can have up to 100 audiences per property. And while I never liked using the audience feature in UA, I'm actually a big fan of GA4 audiences. They make segmenting activity so much easier than before, especially when you combine audiences and reports later on in this process. But what audiences work for SaaS? Well, Here's a few that we recommend by default. So at acquisition, you want fans, you want MQLs, SQLs, and free signups. At activation, you want signups, but not activated. You want activated, but not converted. And you want signups who are slipping away. At revenue, you might look at paid signups, and you might look at paid signups broken down by plan also. Then at retention, you could look at active users, and you could look at slipping away again. There are many things that you could set up, and tracking each of them will be really interesting for you. But tracking activity by the groups that I just mentioned there will likely be more than enough for most SaaS marketing teams. Now we're at the section of the process that we call do later. And here, we'll build the reports that we'll use to measure marketing impact. The final stage of the GA4 implementation is to begin creating reports and funnels that will show you what your visitors and users are actually doing. Now is the moment to make use of the list of questions you wanted to ask from the do next phase. A reminder that that's a list of things that you want to know on a regular basis, on an ad hoc basis, that might help your team, and that might help other stakeholders. Now that your data has been collected for a few days, weeks, or even months, and your events are all correctly tagged and firing, it's the moment to start building those reports that answer those questions. There are three main ways to look at data in GA4. Default reports, which are similar to your existing analytics setup. Custom reports that you define and publish the sidebar of your analytics account and then explore, which is new ways to view funnels, freeform, and path analysis when you have a particularly complex question. I spend most of my time in explore personally. You'll be able to answer a good number of questions using only the default and custom reports, 
but to make the most of using GA4's reporting features, you will need to build some custom explorations. And it's very good. So let's pull this all together. Google Analytics 4 is a huge leap for most marketers to make. And there's going to be a lot of conversion, stress, and frankly, tears before Google shuts off access to Universal Analytics data collection in July 2023. But it doesn't have to be that way. By thinking through the opportunities, quirks, and features of GA4 early, and creating a strategic plan for implementing it for your SaaS business, you can actually benefit from this huge upheaval. To do that, firstly, understand why GA4 is different from UA. Work out the questions that you really want to answer using an analytics tool, whether it's GA or some other tool. And then take immediate action to at least start collecting data. You can work out the setup of the tracking and analysis in the coming weeks and months using our roadmap for analytics success. And if you'd like help with your GA4 migration, book a free GA4 migration assessment to find out how we can help you make sense of the confusion that you're probably, rightly so, currently feeling. There's a link to that on the accompanying blog post and in the show notes. I'll see you next time. Now, if you enjoyed that today and you want to do something about your B2B SaaS marketing, you should get in touch with us. You can do that by going to poweredbysearch.com and checking out our assessment page, or you can browse the case studies and blogs that we have on the site. Now, if you're not ready to do that, definitely say hi anyway. You can ping me on Twitter. I'm at I am Mark Thomas, that's Mark with a C. Or you can ping our founder and CEO, Dev Basu, and connect with us there. Looking forward to seeing you again for another episode.